Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Trauma is what you learn from, right? Things going wrong have been more helpful to my growth than things going right. It's great when things go right and not that I want things to go wrong and I've had my fill now so no more universe um, but <laughs> there's always lessons success is not a straight upward trajectory you know it goes like constantly moving back and forth going sideways and that's where some of the gold is that's where you become the person you're meant to become that's where you develop resilience if everything goes really well your whole life you don't develop any resilience Hello and welcome to the Self Love Club, the podcast chatting about stuff that matters, created and hosted by me, broadcaster Belle Crawford. Thank you so much for joining me. On the show, it's part one of our latest therapy sessions with clinical hypnotherapist Caroline Cranshaw. Think therapy with all the helpful stuff that could also be a little chaotic in a fun way, of course. In this therapy sessions, we chat about a lot. There's always heaps to chat about with Caroline. And we've got a mental health checkup. Caroline always has interesting facts and studies to share with us. We chat confidence, what to do when it's low, and how knocks in our confidence actually build resilience. Toxic positivity. And Caroline had a wild dream and what it was trying to tell her. Before we get into it, please support us by subscribing or pressing follow on your podcast app now. And follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram. All our details are in the show notes. Caroline, welcome back to the Self Love Club Therapy Session. So good to have you on again. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> now, we have we were chatting on the phone before uh, we had this convo, and I always I love chatting with you. You always crack me up, and we just have silly chit chat. And I'm like, right, we're going to stop doing this chit chat. Get it on the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, how have you been? I think everyone's been feeling a little bit, and it's not like to be like, oh, I'm so stressed. But how's things been for you? We've yeah, you've you've had a busy time. <laughs> Um, well, let's see. Tomorrow will be my first day off in two weeks. I have literally have not had a day off and that's a little bit stressful, but I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is a tricky one because, you know, we, we know about the whole not having enough days off and sometimes we just have to like, I, I understand that as well. It's like you have to force yourself to rest or whatever, or make sure you have days off. But then mm. at times it's not the reality and you know, whether you're working or you're juggling stuff at home or whatever it is, like there's just not really always enough time to feel like you're having enough downtime or you're feeling rejuvenated. It's a really tricky one. And if you're a mum, you never, ever get a day mm. off anyways. Like I'm quite lucky that I'm now in that phase where my kids have gone off to uni and wow, do you mm. have more time? Um, 
So if you are dealing with babies or toddlers or small children, you have my condolences. Yeah. And also like to make things work as well. Like sometimes we do, I've definitely been in patches where you have got to work all the time. And I picked up some extra radio shifts recently and I'm going, oh God, like yeah, I'm only having one day off this week or in two weeks, like one day each week. And it's just not enough. Like I, I respect those boundaries on myself now that I like, no, you need more days off. Like in the past you used to be able to do it, but now it just burns you out. But it's a tricky one when you're trying to like make money or work and everything and make everything work. It's such a tricky one. And I've actually said no to some work even though yeah it's money it'll be great because I just know the flow-on effect in the future would not be good you know especially because I've recently been recovering from COVID so I don't want to like me too girl that is COVID yeah bitch (laughs) we were absolute late bloomers (laughs) three and a half years in I mean it's not something you've mentioned because you're not going to be like hey like I haven't had it yet like you keep it very quiet but yeah we both got Uh, it it no I have a whole new respect for COVID and I thought I was immune I was like getting a little bit arrogant about it like eh, I just obviously have such an amazing immune system and no (laughs) but I think it's stress as well and it's an interesting thing like talking about stress and the impact on your health and just your body they did this really interesting study a few years ago now where they wanted to measure that impact and how it was on your health and so they I think it was around 30,000 people in the study, they asked him two questions. How much stress have you had in the past year? And do you believe stress is bad for your health? And they got them to rate it on like a a scale of one to four. One being, no, has no impact on my health at all. Four being, it's going to kill me. And then they just tracked the death records and their medical records for eight years. And they found that it didn't matter how much stress you had, people with very low stress were more likely to die if they believed that stress was bad for their health. And so it like they had people with very intense stress, but if they didn't believe it was bad for their health, it seemed to have almost no like negative impact, at least when it comes to like death or like serious disease. So it's, so interesting. They found that they estimated with the results of that study that the 15th leading cause of death in the U.S. is where they ran the study was the belief that stress is bad for you. And for you and for me, we both do things that we love. Like we're very lucky that we're in careers that we absolutely love what we do. So I think that we will tend to work more because if we just like, oh my God, it's an opportunity and I can do it. But it's so important to tell yourself I can cope with this stress. I'm doing great. It's just giving me energy. And obviously you can't just burn yourself out into the ground, but reframe, because if you reframe what you believe about it, you actually make different hormones in your body that are more protective Mm. to your health. And I think you also reach out to other people in times of stress as well. So it's really interesting. Just a little interesting fact. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting. It's almost like, because some people might be so disconnected from how stressed they are, you know, they might feel completely fine mentally or not even aware that they're not feeling good, but then their body could, you know, have some major issues going on. But like, you're right with your, if you're, if you've got a lot on your plate and you're feeling stressed and you're, cause we all like generally most of us would be like, Oh my God, this is 
a lot like I'm feeling really stressed it does make it worse and you find that like it's all connected and it just it builds into more of a stressful situation until probably you're gonna like have a, a minty bee <laughs> like a good old mental breakdown and have a big cry yeah yeah and sometimes a good cry is one of the best things that you can do but I think a lot of it does go back to childhood and how your parents cope with stress and what you learn from that also if you've had trauma that wasn't resolved at the time or that you weren't able to do anything about. There's this theory called learned helplessness. I'm sure I've talked to you about it before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. Maybe not on the podcast, yeah. Yeah, so there's this concept called learned helplessness that they did some really interesting studies in like the 50s, 1950s that they could never, ever do now because they're so terrible. But so what they found was that if you are helpless in a situation and then let's say, because as a child, we're helpless in a lot of situations and we can't do anything about the circumstances and we may even ask for help and we don't get it. So something in our brain goes, well, you can't do anything about this. You are helpless. You are stuck. And then we're adults and we get into situations where we actually can do something about it, but we don't because we have this program from our childhood that we are helpless and we can't do anything. So I think that's something to think about if you've had trauma as a child, if you are in situations now where you feel helpless or you talk to someone about it and you're like, but I can't do anything about it and they respond to you, yes, you can. I think it's something you should go see a therapist about <laughs> and work through because you will be having a childhood program that you can't you're not in charge of your destiny. And a lot of times, you know, I'm sure you have friends or people you know that you can think of that stay in these situations that aren't healthy, that are toxic. It may be work, it may be relationships, family relationships or dynamics. And they just, they don't feel like they can do anything about it. And they put up with it. And a lot of times it is, it's just that belief system from childhood. So really interesting. I'm sorry. I'm just like quoting studies. Oh yeah. You're giving <laughs> us all these facts. No, it's good. It's interesting, but it, it is, yeah, that is something I think a lot of us either do at different times. Like, cause it's actually really brave to leave something that isn't right for you or isn't working or cause you know, I, I the way I think of it is like, you've only got one life. Like you've got to live it properly and not waste the opportunity, you know? I know. And I've always found that so fascinating, especially with like really toxic relationships. And they're like, oh, well, I only can afford like half a nice house. And I find in those cases, almost 100% of the time, they grew up with parents that lived in the same house, but were unhappy. And it's like, they probably still could buy property. They just wouldn't be mortgage free or, yeah, it's so fascinating to me, but it's just a story mm. that they're telling themselves. I know for myself, I'd rather live in a shoebox or be, you know, I'd rather be poor than be well off with someone that I wanted to murder, you know? <laughs> yeah. You sort of do, you do realize that a lot of people are happy to live a lie or they just settle with it, which is really interesting. It is. Happy. Well, yeah. Together, but miserable quota. It's just lovely. <laughs> but it's interesting because you and I both come from parents that got divorced that moved mm. on. So our program is, well, if you don't, if it doesn't work out, then you just get divorced and you try to work it out with someone else mm. or or you don't. But I think it all it just goes into, again, childhood programs are so powerful and that's subconscious. We consciously know we're screwed up and we consciously know what we should change. But if it doesn't get into that subconscious mind, which is like the operating system, it doesn't really stick. 
And so we'll just keep repeating these patterns of coping, shopping, food, addiction, being miserable, having reactions that we don't want to have, even though we have all this information of how we should change it or why we are the way we are. It needs to be changed at that deeper level. Otherwise, you have this like frustrating conflict going on. I've definitely felt a bit stuck lately in terms of what I want, like where I want to be and where you are and feeling like it is, but it is, you're right. It's that helpless feeling. Like you feel you're trying to do all the good things, but you can at times feel stuck because it it's hard to imagine things happening before they are, which is so true in life. And I've always tried to put it back to situations. And my dad taught me this. It's like, you know, whether it's getting a dream job, that's really hard that I've done in the past. You know, you never thought that would exist and then you have it now. So just like that, the other things can exist as well, but it's not always promised, you know, when it comes to things that are outside of your control. Absolutely. And I think that that's what I found so frustrating about therapy, like originally going to therapy and I, I knew why I was screwed up, but I was like, how do I change it? And they're like, you'll just come to the resolution once I put my children through university and bought a new car. And you know, it's like, I just found it so fr- I wanted someone to tell me what to do but now as a therapist I know that people do need to come to their own resolution but it is it's programming it not only into the conscious mind but the subconscious I think the other thing is is that sometimes we feel really stuck and then other times we feel motivated and we can push through and I think that really depends on what part of us is in charge at that time. And we're not just one personality. We're like a team that makes us up. Average person has between five to seven different parts or ego states, they call them. And they take turn taking over. So we all have like a child part and a rebellious part and like a critical parent that's putting us down. And we'll have these different aspects to our personality and they take turns being in charge. So if you're feeling stuck, a good thing to do is just shut your eyes and be like, how old am I right now? Or how old do I feel when I feel stuck? Imagine what part of you feels stuck. And a lot of times it will be a child part or a teenage part or some part of us that looks sad or hopeless. Just in your head, have a little conversation with them and ask another part of you to come forward. And it's just, it's amazing how it's just changing your state, changing who's in charge. And it works for so many different things. That's a really good piece of advice because I think when you're in whatever's going on for you, whether you're struggling with your mental health, you're feeling down, obviously seek professional help, do all the things that you, you know, because sometimes it's like really, really hard. But it can be hard when you're in that situation. And I know after I had COVID, I'd already been feeling a bit like down. My mental health's been a bit up and down this year. After COVID, I don't know about you, but I felt like quite, when you're sick, you can feel quite down. And the week after, I felt really low, like, not like as low as I've ever felt, but it was definitely like pretty yucky. And it can be hard in those situations, even when you've, you know, done the work, you've got stuff in your tool belt, it still can feel like nothing at that moment is really helping, but it is kind of like, what do I do? You know, like it's just uncomfortable. Absolutely. And the interesting the thing with COVID that they're finding is that it just does a number on your gut bacteria. Like it really destroys the good bacteria in your gut. And that's what helps you make serotonin. That's what helps you feel good. I had the same thing where I felt really low. I felt foggy headed and just like no energy. And I just made myself stay in bed and do nothing. And I think what I notice with people who get like long COVID or anything where they have a trouble getting over something is they've worked through 
and they pushed through and they just didn't get the rest that they needed. But what I found really helpful is getting some good probiotics to help that were like immune related and taking some 5-HTP. Now, if you're on any SSRI, any kind of antidepressant, don't take 5-HTP because that's too much. I mean, 90, like 8% of your serotonin is made in your gut. So things like this impact it. And it just is such a connection with how you feel. Even just a five minute walk outside. And what you want to do when you're outside is don't wear sunglasses because it really helps boost melatonin and serotonin in your brain without like if we have light on our eyes. And the other thing, things like COVID or viruses or just stress really put up inflammation in the body. And so just taking off your shoes and like being barefoot on grass or dirt, we literally discharge electricity into the ground. And that significantly lowers inflammation and makes you feel a lot better as well. And Kiwis are quite good at this, actually. Americans are terrible. We're always barefoot. <laughs> people go to the, people <laughs> look at us like, why are you going barefoot to the supermarket? Which like, I was horrified. Coming here as an American, seeing us barefoot everywhere would have been, yeah, I know that for a lot of different cultures, they're like, what the heck are you guys always barefoot? But we just oh. always are like... <laughs> But it's good. For, it actually is good for you in some ways, in some context. Personally, I'm not going to the supermarket because I don't like you, you look at the bottom of your feet and you're like, oh, God, like I couldn't. Like the germaphobe in me absolutely could not. But as a child, you don't really care. No, not at all. <laughs> I remember my daughter when she was quite, she was like three and she was going to like kindy a few days a week and they would never wear shoes. And she got like an infection in her toes and had like red streaks going up her feet. Like it was bad. And I'm like, Okay, she needs to wear shoes at kindy. She keeps getting like athlete's foot. And I want I asked the doctor to write a note and he was like, Oh no, it's really good for her. And I was like, she yes. like she's an infection. You know, and he would he refused to write me a note saying that she needed to wear shoes at kindy. And the kindy refused they were like, Oh, it'll just toughen her feet up, she'll be fine. And as an American, I was like, Oh my god, they won't her toes are gonna fall off. I, I remember telling my mother, and she was like, What are they animals over there? Oh my god. She's three and she's getting repeat infections of like athletes foot over and over. Oh my god, that's so that's funny. Terrible. And then she was like her feet did toughen up and she was fine. <laughs> like at different times of the year when the weather's not good, there's so many things that can impact your mental health. And you, I think we try like we're quite logical with it. If you're feeling down or you're not, you're feeling just not 100% yourself, you try, you try to, I know I try to rationalize it. I'm like, well, what have I got? And I think Kiwis are really, whether I say good or bad at this, we we're sort of almost like, well, what have we got to be upset about? You know, we sort of, you know, we undermine our feelings and, well, I know for me, like, or compare to different times when I've had, you know, terrible things happen and I've been really, really low. And then you're sort of like, well, it's not as bad as that, but it's still not good. And had a coffee with my friend and just sort of told her how I was feeling because I often find it hard to share how I'm feeling because, I don't know, I just can't. Your feelings are valid no matter what. Like, you don't have to compare, like, well, why am I feeling low now when I had more to feel low about then, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes we're processing more than we realize. We'll be processing things that remind us of that. But it's something I notice a lot where people will almost feel guilty that they're feeling low about things. But Well, I, I know I'm really lucky and I know I have it good compared to other people, but they minimize what they're going through. And what you're going through is valid no matter what. The key is, is to let yourself sit in it. Let yourself process it. The only way out is through. And we're like, 
you're fine. You're really lucky. And that's what gets me with spirituality. And I mean, I consider myself a very spiritual person, but there's this whole thing of just think positive no matter what. If you have any negative thoughts, you're going to like bring all this negative things into your life. And it's okay to wallow in your sadness. It's okay to feel sorry for yourself. Obviously, you don't want to do it for extended periods of time, but let yourself like give yourself an hour. I think there's a fine line and through doing this podcast over the few years, you learn a lot of different things. And I think there's a fine line between that toxic positivity and the whole lucky girl syndrome thing that came up this year. Like, yeah, it's great to like think positive thoughts, but it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel upset and yeah, undermine yourself. I'm totally with you on that sort of fine line between those things of be grateful. And, you know, people say like, write three things down that you're grateful for. I love all that. But that doesn't mean that you feeling down is not valid or real. And trauma is what you learn from, right? Things going wrong have been more helpful to my growth than things going right. It's great when things go right and not that I want things to go wrong. And I've had my fill now, so no more universe. Um, but <laughs> there's always lessons. Success is not a straight upward trajectory. You know, it goes like constantly moving back and forth, going sideways and that's where some of the gold is. That's where you become the person you're meant to become. That's where you develop resilience. If everything goes really well your whole life, you don't develop any resilience. And I'll get people in their 40s and 50s that just have never had a serious problem their whole life. Like everything has always gone so well. And they just fall apart because they haven't had to overcome any challenges. And the interesting thing I'm finding now is I'm getting all these teenagers, late teens, 18, 19, 20, who are, have no confidence. They can't leave home. They can barely get to classes because they get such bad anxiety. And yeah, there's been some traumas that they've had to deal with. But I, what I find is the, the common denominator with all these kids is they've had a parent. And if any of you are listening, <laughs> I've probably already told this to you to your face. So um, <laughs> is that they have overparented. They have done too much for their child. The parents who I'm referring to are, all tend to be Gen X or late millennials, right? And we were raised by boomers, a lot of us, <laughs> and we weren't really raised, <laughs> you know? We were the latchkey kids. We had to make our own dinners. In the States, they had to had an ad on TV at 10 o'clock every night saying, do you know where your children are? <laughs> do you know where your children are? They had to remind women that they had children. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. And so my generation of Gen Xs, have then in turn, because we weren't properly parent, and some of us were parented properly, and lucky you. Um, <laughs> Here's yeah. your middle. <laughs> then in turn, people have overcompensated, and they're like, I'm going to be the mother that my mother wasn't, and I'm going to do everything for my kid, and I'm going to hold their hand through everything, and that's great, but are you allowing your children to solve their problems? Because if you're not, they don't develop confidence. And so there's this now whole generation, I guess it's Gen Z, that don't have any confidence in themselves. And they've never really had to solve a problem because their parents have always done it for them. And that is causing its own issues. So not to say that you need to start ignoring your kids or, but really, why don't you do everything you can to sort it out. And if you get stuck, come and ask me and don't take over and do it for them because this is how you build confidence. Find challenges and you overcome it. So if you're going through challenges right now, just know that you 
are going to find the resources to overcome it, and you're going to become more resilient and stronger because of this. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. A little mantra that I used to say to myself and that I teach my clients is, this is perfect. This is what I want. That radical acceptance. And not to say that you just have to accept horrible situations, but what am I learning from this? What can? What are my next steps? But there's something that I am learning and this is going to develop something in May. And it's like, for me, I've had a lot of trauma in my life, but I just know I was meant to have that so I could be a therapist. If I never had any problems, I'd be like, oh my God, that's sad. Like, just get over it. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand or be able to relate to people's traumas. You've often said that to me when I've gone through tough times. It's like, you know, if if your life was straightforward, you wouldn't relate to people. Still to come, what to do when your confidence has taken a dive some helpful strategies and what Caroline's spooky dream was telling her. We'll be back after a quick break. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I think in a next in another episode, I think we should dive really deep into the confidence thing and like how and mm. some some really helpful stuff on that. But to mention like when you are feeling quite low, I know for me and it's probably same for a lot of people, it can really affect your confidence levels when you're feeling that quite low level. And I know for me recently, and I, this is what I was saying to a friend is when I've had a tough knock a few years back or whatever, my confidence should have been really low and it probably was a little bit. But then like you say, those things bring out the resilience in you. And even though it's awful and you feel crap, and that's what I was comparing to her, I was saying like this time my confidence like was probably a bit, it was definitely shot. I know it was, but I was able to keep going. Whereas now I haven't necessarily had anything like that happened right now but my confidence is like lower than it was then you get hard on yourself at comparing you know and you're trying to work it out yeah and we're our own worst enemy we all have a part of ourselves that is confident right and I think if you feel like you can't find that a helpful thing to do is think of somebody who is really confident it can be an actress or an actor it can be someone you know it can be just someone you admire and just imagine stepping into them and it just gives your subconscious a bit of a blueprint. You're like, oh, if I was like them, I'd be like this. There is something to that fake it till you make it. But I also know that most people lack confidence in some area of their life. We all have these crises of confidence. Some of like the most successful people I've ever worked with have had the lowest self-esteem. And I think part of it is that they've had to drive themselves because of it or make up from it obviously getting into media and all that, that's a whole nother level of getting picked apart and made to feel like crap about yourself. But it's our imperfections that other people relate to. I know for myself, if you meet someone who's like, I am perfect and I've never had to diet my entire life and I met my soulmate and I'm just naturally rich with the trust fund, you just don't relate to those people unless they've got problems. And if they've got problems and they're still that person, I love them. Um, And not that you want them to have problems, but if you feel like someone's like you, you like them, right? And so I think it's so important to not think you need to feel perfect and everything needs to be great in your life. And it is okay to talk about that with other people. People relate to that. That's what they connect to. And I think so many people try to pretend that everything's fine and I don't have any issues or they feel guilty about it. But I think that's how we bond. 
And that's mm. what helps us relate to each other. And I think it's part of the human experience. We're meant to have that. Yeah, it's so true. And it's, like you say, you're never going to be, and I have to remind myself, you're never going to have like 100% confidence levels. Like you, no one probably ever does. And I think just having that, and I've been doing a lot of meditations lately, like guided ones that talk about like, self-compassion stop care comparing yourself and that can be really helpful if you're being really hard on yourself or you're feeling like you're lacking confidence and like you say it's interesting isn't it because people connect with that vulnerability and relatability of things but then at the same time I just feel like with social media and the way the world is we know that and we're seeing people share that and that's really great but at the same time I don't know I just have this thing with Instagram it is a highlights reel and it is great to share stuff, but everyone's trying to put their, while they know that stuff and we're trying to be more real, not everyone is, but you know, like it just feels like so contradictory in the same place. Cause that's where a lot of it gets shared. And that's why I deleted Instagram <laughs> like, because I just found it wasn't good for my mental health to be on there and look at all these women that don't have cellulite or a single stretch mark. And uh, here's my daily routine where I have the most perfect diet you've ever imagined in my perfect house and just be like me. I just couldn't relate to it. And yeah, I would love to be like that, but I'm just, I don't think I ever am going to be perfect and that's okay. But no one is like there's so much effort and like having to it's all curated like yeah you might do good things in the morning and your house might be tidy that's fine but it's just I don't know like I've been on Instagram a while like as part of my work and I find now that's why I love video content it's but even that like it's so much effort to like constantly curate your life I used to find if when I was travel traveling and doing like a lot of um like I guess travel blogging it's actually really stressful and bad for your mental health and you're trying to get the perfect photo all the time and that's why now I just take it a lot less not that I took it really seriously but you know like just just don't put the pressure on yourself and then sometimes that then I get hard on myself that I'm not doing enough social media stuff but I find it really it's that fine balance of you need this stuff to grow what you're doing but at the same time it's like not good for your head absolutely and I've just I've worked with so many influencers that are bulimic or have eating disorders that have serious anxiety issues confidence issues like it, it is like you said a highlight reel and it's not genuine a lot of the time and I think that society really needs to move away from that. I don't know how we're going to be able to do that with filters and all of this. Like, I don't even want to, like, I'm obsessed with TikTok lately. Oh, yeah. I love TikTok too. Yeah. That's my favorite. Bold glamour filter. Oh, my Terrible. God. Terrible. <laughs> if I could just, if I could just live with that filter on my face, I love it. Makes me look like a very, like, masculine, like, chiseled man. Like, yeah. Oh, does it? I'm not into oh. filters, though. Like, I don't, I've definitely use them in the past when you know you put them on your stories but now I actually personally and it's not a judgment on anyone I think it looks weird when people use filters I think we've kind of moved past that a little bit now like well that's good yeah, yeah I don't know that's the general feeling anyway it looks you're like what you're so beautiful why do you need that but that's just like as you know people just keep using them but because people are using them I look at them and then I go well, you look at yourself unfiltered and you're like oh no unless you have like the most full face of makeup on ever mm. and bold glamour that one in particular is basically just makeup but yeah I think it's so many people have done it that now we have this comparisonitis and yeah they almost should ban them so we all just have to be <laughs> like ourselves in a way I don't know it's like we've become real life black mirror episodes it's <laughs> yeah. scary but then it's up to us to like obviously you can have problems with 
those things and that's really sad but it's it's also personal responsibility of if you you know if you struggle with that then you if you're going to wanting to take the steps or if you know that's going to be detrimental and maybe the more people that cannot use them the better because it shows other people that it's okay but I don't know I just yeah it's a it's a bit of a head screw when you're like yeah be more vulnerable be relatable but then at the same time you're doing it on a platform where everyone's even curating that you know <laughs> I know and a lot of them I had a client tell me the other day oh no you still can use the filter you just film it before with the filter and then you download it and then you upload it and it doesn't show the filters on it and I'm like oh don't tell me that talking about like validating your feelings and things you know the last few years have been pretty full-on for everybody and I guess it's just validating your feelings like what are you seeing with a lot of people in general, like maybe they're feeling quite down now and it's they're wondering why, because it's not like we're in the worst situation necessarily. It's like delayed reaction because the last three years have been pretty stressful. I think at first we're in survival mode and now it's like the come down. And the other part of it is that our economies are crashing or going lower, which is cyclical, right? It's always going to happen. There's always recessions and then there's always booming positive times for the economy. So we are in a lower time, which really stresses people out. I think it is, it's finding other ways of coping. What I find is a lot of people have used shopping and buying things as a way of making themselves feel better to deal with that. But then people have less money at the moment. So they're not able to cope with that. And then they're getting quite stressed out. Everybody's got their something. And maybe my viewpoint is skewed because I don't have people come to tell me how great and healthy they are. <laughs> you know, so people are always telling me about their issues. But I think it is important to look at your life and think, what am I doing to cope that may not be necessarily beneficial, right? Am I drinking too much? Am I spending too much? Am I not socializing enough or socializing too much? Get really honest about what may be causing issues. And I think the other thing to look at is what's draining you? What isn't bringing you joy? That's such a cheesy thing to say. But a lot of times we're doing things that we don't want to do because we feel like we should or we have to. And that is causing a lot of stress. We can't really do anything about what's happening with the economy or what's happening with the world or what viruses are going around. That is out of our control. So I think it is, if you start to worry about those things, ask yourself, is this in my control? What is in my control about this situation? And focus on that because you can't mm. control the world. You can't control other people. I have tried. It does not work. <laughs> like I hypnotize people for a living. I can't control anybody. All I can do is help people be more in control of themselves. And that's all you can do is help yourself be more in control of yourself. But when we feel out of control, we try to control ourselves and we try to control the people around us. And so then I think it is going back into that radical acceptance. But ask yourself, what is in my control? What makes me feel better? What is draining me? And I think it's so important to start saying no to the things. That was one of the most important life-changing things I ever did was start just being radically honest and saying no to people asking me to do things that I didn't want to do because I what I would do instead in those situations before is I would lie and say I was doing something else or I would go and be passive aggressive and shitty about the fact that I was doing it. Then I just started being really honest and it was actually quite 
confronting to people. They really didn't like it because <laughs> I'd be like, no, I, I don't want to do that. And that was it. Because I think with women, we always put qualifiers on it. We always make excuses and I can't because and I'm really sorry and, da, 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 and we feel terrible. But otherwise, we're driving ourselves into the ground and we're doing way too many things. So I think it's so important to put yourself first and start saying no to people and being honest about it. And people won't like it, but the only people that get mad about you having boundaries are the people that are like, yeah, benefiting from you not having boundaries, right? So putting some boundaries in and looking after yourself and spending some time with a little bit of quiet. And this is something that's probably advice for myself right now. <laughs> it's whatever advice I'm giving. Yeah. You definitely need some downtime, yeah. But literally with no, like, you notice how you get ideas in the shower or when you are driving and there's no music on. We have no quiet anymore at all. And we're constantly filling our brains with information and distractions. And we're not then tapping into resources and allowing our subconscious and our intuition to guide us. So I think that's another thing. Even if it's for like 10 minutes a day, that's why meditation can be helpful. Just like turn off the radio or not the radio, that dates me terribly. Don't listen to any music <laughs> in the car for like 10 minutes or in some way, just be present or even don't do this in the car, close your eyes and just do things without a distraction. And you'll be amazed at what information comes up. So I think our subconscious, our intuition, our soul, whatever you want to call it, is trying to communicate with us and tell us things that we need to know. And we're so busy listening to the latest podcast. You should still listen to Belle's podcast. Yeah, please keep listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm, I know what you mean because I like when I wake up, the first thing I'll do is put a podcast mm. on or something, you know, like you just, I'm and I consume a lot of content for my job but I'm also like really into it so I'm always listening to something or reading something or watching you know like it just it's constant consuming and you're so right we don't really we're not good with silence anymore. no and we and we need to be and and to me that is like a torturous thing like because I just love to listen and read and watch and like have hmm. constant constant stimulus maybe it's an ADHD thing part of it probably <laughs> yeah. yeah we're like needing that but you know I, I know I think a lot of us need stimulation now more than ever before because we've got so much of it at our fingertips all the time and our we weren't designed to cope with that much stimulus like stuff is just falling out the back everyone is complaining to be about memory issues and they're forgetting things and I don't think it's just our brains are melting I think it's that we have just overloaded it with so much info it cannot hold it all I notice for me if I just give myself 10 minutes a day where I'm just maybe doing stuff around the house or driving to work or doing something where I don't have any noise it's amazing what comes up and the guidance that comes up and I think we've just drowned that out yeah that's such good advice just giving yourself that stillness which can feel like you feel like you can never have it, but there's definitely little <laughs> moments where you could definitely, you know, like little minutes here and there. That leads me on to something I saw, which, you know, I was going to talk about, and we will talk about more things to help, but I read something about questions to ask yourself when you're not feeling like yourself. And these are like along with what you were saying, you know, things like, uh, am I getting enough sleep? Which is something a lot of people aren't, whether you're, you've got kids that are waking up all the time and you're not getting enough sleep and it's some possible for you to get you know full night sleep all the time over a long period or maybe you're someone that at times like myself or you we struggle with sleeping and so those are things that 
can't always control, but you can, how can I help myself to get better sleep? Does it mean, you know, like last night, for example, I've been pretty good, but some nights I'm being naughty and I'll, cause I know that, oh, today I'm working for myself so I can just stay up late and be naughty. And I'll do that sometimes, you know, whereas generally I try sticking, my partner's really good at it, stick in a good routine, wind down, go to bed. Otherwise, you know, you end up doom scrolling until late at night or whatever, but it's just like things that you can try to help yourself with. It's like, do I need to wind down earlier? What can I do? Another question on here was, what's something that I should start doing to feel better? Like, is there something in your control that would help you to feel better? Was it going for a walk or talking to a friend? And another one which I found really, because sometimes these things are really helpful when you're feeling really crap, you sort of are reaching for that, you know, that I know I do. And I hope that this podcast can provide that. It's, you know, what's one thing that isn't helping that I should stop doing? Or maybe it is stop scrolling on my phone, even though it feels like an addiction to a lot of us. Yeah, I think a good thing to do, and I'll try to do this like once a week or maybe once a month, if that's all I can fit, is sit down and just like make a list of like the different areas of your life, like sleep, stress, food, exercise, work. And on a scale of one to 10, just rate it. Like, so right now my sleep is at seven out of 10 and my food is a four out of 10 or 10 being the best it could be. And just that gives you a little gauge of where you are. And then it's looking at the areas of your life where it really needs improvement. A thing I'll t- I'll do this with my clients all the time. It is the most simple thing you can do, but it gets the best answers. And so what I do is I just say, so what's the problem? I'll qualify it with, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I'm going to do it repetitively. And it just helps you tune in to what you need right now and what the answers are for you. Because I can tell you what to do till I'm blue in the face, but that may not be the right advice for you. So what's the problem? And they'll say, oh, the problem is I'm not going to bed early enough and I'm staying up and I'm watching too much TV and blah, blah, blah. And so then I'm not sleeping and my problems I sleep. And so what's the solution? Well, I need to go to bed earlier. And... They'll just start, yeah, so what's the problem? Well, the problem is I'm watching TV too late. So I need to turn off the TV by this time. And they'll just start to get those solutions. So this is something you can just do with yourself. Like look at what area of your life is not the best it can be. Don't worry about trying to change everything at once. And just pick one a week that you start to improve. If you try to change everything at once, you won't stick to any of it because it's just too much. But You can just ask, what's the problem? What's the solution? Because the solution for you will become very obvious. But we keep asking everybody and then we don't listen to them. The other thing is that I find if you've got something you're not dealing with, you'll have repetitive dreams about it. If you've got reoccurring dreams, that's really interesting. Your subconscious is trying to work something out. I do this really, it's one of my favorite things to do and teach. It's something called gestalt dream work. And so someone will describe the dream as if it's happening currently. Have I done this with you? No, I don't think so. I have. No. So I'll give you an example. I used to have this reoccurring dream that I'd be with somebody and they would die, right? And I never killed them, but they would like drop dead. And I, instead of like a normal person and call 111 and get help, I'd be like, oh no, people are going to think I murdered them. So I need to hide the body. This is obviously a dream, right? Yeah. 
not clarifying. Not yeah. um, so I'd hide the body and then people would be looking for the person. And I'd be like, no, nah, wasn't I wasn't with them. Or I'd like bury their body in the woods. And then I would go to check to make sure the body was still buried. And there'd be another dead body on top of where I had buried it. So I'd have to bury that body. And I just had this dream for years. And so I did this course on dream analysis. It's gestalt dream analysis. And the instructor's like, does anyone have a reoccurring dream? So I get up and I'm like, I do. So I tell these dreams. He's like, okay, I want you to describe the dream as if it's happening, eyes closed. And this puts you in to like a REM kind of trance state. And now describe a dream from someone else's point of view. And I'm like, okay, I'm the dead body. I'm Caroline's marriage and Caroline's marriage is dead <laughs> and it's not coming back. And she needs to accept that and stop trying to hide it and stop going to therapists and just bury the damn body and tell other people it's dead. Mm. <laughs> it was like, Oh, and I just like opened up my eyes in front of everyone. The whole class is sitting there with her mouths hanging open. I'm like, I need to get divorced. Uh, yeah. And it was like, I never in a million years would have made that connection that that's what that dream was trying to tell me. So I think also your dreams could be really powerful in trying to give you information about what's going on. So don't ever let other people analyze your dreams. It drives me crazy when people do this because I'm like, you don't know what their subconscious is trying to tell them, but that can give you a lot of information as well. And just describe the dream from another point of view and just like tap into what they're thinking or feeling. And it's amazing what'll come up. That's all we've got time for. If you're listening as this episode is released, part two of our therapy sessions will be out next Monday. We continue to talk about shopping and why when a lot of us are broke, hello cost of living crisis, we can still spend and stress ourselves out even more. Plus, helpful strategies to take care of our mental health and realize that you're not alone. Also, while you're waiting for part two to drop, or if you just want more, Therapy Sessions is a long-running feature on the Self Love Club. So I'll leave some links in the show notes of previous episodes you can binge up as well. The most helpful way you can support us is to please make sure that you subscribe or follow on your podcast app. Also select automatic downloads, leave us a five-star rating. And if you're enjoying listening, please take a few moments to write us a kind review. This all really helps other people find us and in the charts. Send the link to your friends as well so that everyone can listen, get some therapy sessions in their lives and follow us at Self Love Club Podcast on Instagram where you can watch videos of this conversation, all of our others and keep up with our content. I'm at Belle Crawford, Belle underscore Crawford on TikTok and join our private Facebook group. Details and links for all of these are in the show notes. New episodes are released on Mondays from 5am New Zealand time. I'll catch you soon. Bye.